This message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Heavenly Father, we once again ask that you would um, speak to us, Lord. Father, we, we want to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> We're here, Lord, to understand what it means to have the Spirit dwelling in our lives. Lord, as we continue to look for your word, please, I ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts. Draw us closer to you as our prayer in Jesus' name. Be with me, Lord, as I present this message, Lord, and may, may we gain a greater understanding of what the Spirit is trying to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I've entitled this message, The End Time Concert. And I'll begin it with the same question. Do you really want the Holy Spirit. After the first message you heard, you still want the Holy Spirit? (laughs) All right. I'm asking the question again, do you really want the Holy Spirit? I want to talk to you about the work that the Spirit of God needs to do in our lives in order to prepare us for the end times, in in order to prepare us for Christ's second coming. And to do that, I'm going to talk to you about music. Music. What is music? It's it's sound. It's the language of the soul, someone says. Um, The word music comes from muse, which means to meditate on, to think. Music... Um, we might best describe it as the expression of one's thoughts and feelings. Amen? Amen. When you're listening to music, you are listening to the expression of the author's thoughts and feelings. Music is very different from a dissertation. Are you with me? Like, when we listen to music... Uh, it's almost as though we allow our emotions to just flow free, don't we? Yeah? I know emotion's a bad word here, but I'm just... <laughs> Wait. Okay. <laughs> so, how many of you listen to music like this? It's a great song. <laughs> but I will guard my emotions. Is that what you do? (laughs) No, 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 no. Music moves your soul, doesn't it? It moves your emotion. You you connect in a way that is different from, let's say, reading a dissertation. You know, Uh, uh, music is 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 that poetic expression of one's thoughts and feelings. Are you with me? So, um, anybody have a favorite song? God has a favorite song. What do you think God's favorite song is? The song 
of the Lamb. Amen? Amen? God's got a favorite song. It's the song of the Lamb. And, and uh, what I want to propose to you uh, today, beloved, is that, is that uh, uh, God wants to teach us how to sing that song. As I said earlier, don't worry. If you have a bad voice, don't worry. If you have a good voice, throw it out because it doesn't matter. <laughs> what is a song? It's a poem. An expression of the heart of the author. Ellen White tells us in the devotional heaven, page 154, the song which the ransomed ones will sing, the song of their experience will declare the glory of God. You see, beloved, a song is written based off of the author's experience. There's a difference between singing some words off of a page and singing a song from experience. I'll give an example. Amazing Grace. Many of you have heard the song. All of you have heard the song, I believe. And, and, and some of you may be able to testify, you know what? I used to sing that song. And I just sang it as words off of a page. But then, but then, that thing happened. That, 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 that family member died. That, that, that accident, that, that whatever it is, that thing happened. And now, when you sing that song, are you with me? You're, you're no longer singing it as just words off of a page. It has become your expression. It's your song now. You with me? God is trying to prepare a people to sing the song of the Lamb. Now, in every song, there is a melody. You with me? What is a melody? The melody is the theme of the song. It's the central point of the song. Notice with me, the book Christian Education, page 57, the theme of redemption is one that angels desire to look into. It, that is the theme, will be the science and the song. Of the redeemed throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Is it not worthy of careful thought and study now? That is the song. Are you with me? Isn't this song worthy of careful study now? This theme, the infinite love and mercy of Jesus, the sacrifice made on our behalf, calls for the most serious and solemn reflection. We should dwell upon the character, by the way, Can somebody tell me what character is made up of two things? Thoughts and feelings. Now isn't that interesting? Song is the expression of one's character. Or thoughts and 
feelings. So the song of the Lamb is really a song about His character. And when, when, we're, when we're understanding this concept that Jesus, that God wants to teach us how to sing the song, what we're really learning is that He wants to give us the experience of Jesus. Because by having the experience of Jesus, we develop the character of Jesus. And when we then sing the song of the Lamb, we are singing not as though we're reading words off of a page, but we are singing because it was the song of our experience. Which means if you don't have the experience, you get cut from the choir. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, beloved, there's going to be an end time choir and if you don't know how to sing the part, (laughs) so this is audition time. And if I can put it like this, the Holy Spirit is the conductor. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the one that is seeking to teach us how to sing the song. It goes on, we should dwell upon the character of our dairy demon and intercessor. We should meditate upon the mission of him who came to save his people from their sins. As we thus contemplate heavenly themes, our faith and love will grow stronger and our prayers will be more and more acceptable to God because they will be more and more mixed with faith and love. Prayer. What are we praying for here? We're praying for the Holy Spirit. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. What does prayer do? Listen. Listen to what Ellen White tells us. Christ Object Lessons, page 143. Prayer is not to work any change in God. It is to bring us into harmony with God. All right. So, every song has three things. Melody. What is the melody? It's the theme of the, thong, of the song. What is the theme of the, of the song of the Lamb? It is the life of Christ. Now when we pray, and we're praying for the Spirit of God to fill us, what we're actually praying is, Spirit, please bring me into harmony with the melody. Right? That's what we're asking. Please bring me into harmony with the melody. So I want you to imagine now that each one of you have a particular part in this song. The song is not complete without your part. And so the Holy Spirit is the conductor. And He's teaching you how to sing. Anybody want to learn how to sing? Let me see your hands. You want to learn how to sing? I'm going to ask you that question again a little bit later. You might do something like this. (laughs) 
God's trying to teach us to sing. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach us, is to bring us into harmony with the melody. In fact, I like this quote from Acts of the Apostles, page 476. When the Spirit of God controls mind and heart, the converted soul breaks forth into a new song. For he realizes that in his experience, in his what? Experience. The promise of God has been fulfilled, that his transgression has been forgiven and his sin covered. Let me tell you something, beloved. Experience is a very important thing. And I know we, we warn against, you know, putting too much trust into experience, but we need to qualify that. We shouldn't put any trust in false experience. But there is a genuine experience, the experience of the Holy Spirit. And unless we have that experience, that means beyond an intellectual knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Unless we have that experience, we will not be able to partake in that end time choir. By the way, you remember the story of Hezekiah? When the, the armies were, were there and he was like, God, we don't know what to do. And you know what God did? God put together a choir. Do you remember that story? He says, send the choir out ahead. And when they began to sing and praise God. Okay. <laughs> when they began to sing and praise God, the Bible says that God set ambushments for the enemy. Beloved, I believe that there is an end time song that God's people must learn to sing and the only way you can learn it is by the Spirit of God. So watch this, watch this. Uh, remember, uh, uh, a song is, is an experience. And listen to what uh, Ellen White says here in Christ's Object Lessons, page 129. The truth, as it is in Jesus, can be experienced, but never explained. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. If you think you can explain the truth as it is in Jesus, you do not yet understand the truth as it is in Jesus. It is something that must be experienced. Now I know that's a curse word in Adventism. Experience. Careful. No, beloved. Counterfeit experience. Be careful. Godly experience is vital. Without it, we cannot sing the song. I want you to notice with me the book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 through 12. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 through 12. <clears throat> Hebrews 2, 10 through 12. The Bible says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Through suffering. For both he that sanctifies and they that are sanctified are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Isn't, isn't it interesting that Jesus 
came to this earth. Why? Well, he came to save us, but what would he need to do in order to help us? He needed to suffer. He needed to suffer. Or he needed to take upon himself, he needed to experience no 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 Jesus had God in, in heaven you know he had an intellectual understanding but Jesus says no I'm going to come down and, and in order that you and I will be able to connect I'm going to go through your experience so beloved if, if, if we want to get to know Jesus we must begin to go through his experience. Right? Uh, um, so Hebrews 10, now notice verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. Anyone know where this verse is taken from? Verse 12, I will declare thy name unto thy brethren. Unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. It's taken from the Psalms. Anyone know what Psalm? 22. Psalm 22. Anyone know how Psalm 22 begins? My God, my God, why hast thou what? Forsaken me. So watch this, beloved. Uh, uh, this verse is taken from the very place in which it was prophesied of Christ's crucifixion while he's on the cross. And there, in the midst of the congregation, he declared the name of his Father, and he also sang praises unto God. Where was the song? Where was the song? Can I suggest something? He was the song. Do you remember? The theme of redemption, Christ on the cross, will be the song. His life was the song. Well, what that tells us, beloved, is that God wants your life to be a song. And a song has to be more than intellectually performed. It must be an experience. Do you really want the Holy Spirit? Really? Really? You, wanna, you want the experience of Jesus? Yes? Right, let me just do a check real quick. Just raise your hand real quick so I can see. All right, mental check. Almost all your hands went up. Good. Because we're going to come back to that question. Right? So, uh, Desire of Ages, page 19. Both the redeemed and the unfallen beings will find in the cross of Christ their science and song. It will be seen that the glory shining in the face of Jesus is the glory of self-sacrificing love. In the light from Calvary, it will be seen that the law of self-renouncing love is the law of life for earth and heaven. That the love which seeketh not her own has its source in the heart of God. A song is the expression of the heart of its author. So, if I want to learn to sing the song, I have to have the heart of God. And the only way for me to get the heart of God is when 
The Bible says, I will put a new spirit. <laughs> the spirit, beloved, wants to give us the heart of God so that we can sing the song through experience. Because only those who have the experience of the Lamb will be able to sing the song of the Lamb. I want you to go with me to the book of Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 20. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 20. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 20. The Bible says, At that time I will bring you again, even in the, in the time that I will gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. So God says here, uh, I'm going to make you a name and a what? And a praise. How many of you would like to be made a praise? <laughs> He's going to make you a praise. You know what this word praise means? To get your strong concordance, look up the word. It is the word him. I will make you a him. The ladies are going, you're going to make me a male? No, just kidding. <laughs> I will make you a him. <laughs> God says, I'm going to make you a song. That's what a praise is. It's the, the same word is used. Praise Him. It's the same word. God's end time hymn. <laughs> Who will be able to sing that song? So, so if I want to sing that song, I have to have the heart of God. Amen? What do hearts do? What do hearts do? <laughs> Come on, make it what do hearts do? Hearts beat. What is a beat? It's the rhythm. Christ is the melody of the song. The Spirit wants to bring us into harmony with Christ. And the way that He will do it is He will give us the heart of God so that we will beat in rhythm with God. Yes, yes, yes. The Lord is anxious to save us. He is anxious that everything separating us from Him should be put away. That our hearts may beat in unison with heaven. It is time to be in harmony with God. Sermons and Talks, page 378. And here's another one. The Holy Spirit is to be prayed for, trusted in, believed in. Now, do you remember what happened on the day of Pentecost? God poured out His... His spirit. And I want you to watch how she describes this. After Christ's ascension, the disciples were gathered together of one accord in one place. What was the result? Thousands were converted in a day. Believers themselves reconverted, born again, were a living power for God and for His kingdom. A new song. A new song was put into their mouth. Even praise to God. 
Every soul controlled by the Holy Spirit saw in their brethren and sisters the faces of angels. One interest prevailed, one subject of, of emulation swallowed up all others, to be like Christ. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one mind. Every spiritual pulse beat in harmony. The song. They had learned. The song. By the way, this manuscript releases volume 10, page 98. Beloved, in order to sing a song, the words must come off the page. Amen? The word must become flesh, as it were. Bible Echo page, or Bible Echo, April 1, 1889. Ellen White says this, Shall we not now tune our hearts to praise God? (laughs) From whom all blessings flow. Let us stop every breath of complaint and shape our words into songs of joy and thankfulness for his beautiful gifts in the world of nature and for the priceless gift of his dear son to save a perishing world. If we would be among those who will praise God in the world to come, we must begin to praise Him here and now. We must tune our hearts to the music of heaven, which is praise to God and to the Lamb forever and ever. Beloved, if you want to learn, if you want to sing the song there, you're going to have to learn to sing it where? Here. God designs to get us The Holy Spirit designs to get us in tune with God. So you're out living your life and, you know, something happens and you complain. And God, the conductor, the Holy Spirit conductor is like, wrong, you got it wrong. (laughs) Try it again, your part alone, please. (laughs) You're like, but I can't do it. Do it again, come on. Isn't that something else? The Bible says, do not faint when you're rebuked of God. Don't faint when He calls you out and says, you got, uh, stop. (laughs) You messed the part up again. Let's try it again. You can do it. I can't. You can. I can't. Please sing. (laughs) What a conductor. And now we get into the message. You missed that. <laughs> you see, um, there's something very interesting here. And really, this is where the message like really begins. And I'll try to do this quickly. Music is the heart of the author. Can anyone tell me there are, there are five books that are found in the heart of the Bible. What are those five books that are found in the heart of the Bible? Are you ready? They are Job, Psalms, what is a psalm? Joel, Psalms, 
Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the the Song of Solomon. Now, let me ask you something. What is different about these books than all the other books of the Bible? Experience. Are, are you with me? Experience. These books, you know, when you're going through a rough time, how many of you turn to the book of Revelation? <laughs> Revelation 18, let me read of Babylon. <laughs> Come on, think about it. When you're going through a rough experience, what books do you turn to? Isn't that interesting? Why is it that the Holy Spirit seems to lead us to those five books when we're going through those experiences in our lives where we're crying out for God, we're saying, God, I can't do this anymore. Why does he lead us to those books? Could it be because he's trying to teach us how to sing? So, so, so watch this. Five books. These are the poetic books of the Bible. The books that express one's emotions like no other book. Right? So Job. Job. What is the book of Job about? The book of Job is about suffering. That's interesting. Check this out. Job 1 describes a man that fears God and eschews evil. Right? He fears God, eschews evil. He's described as what? Perfect. And you know the entire book of Job is about a man going through an experience of trying proportions. But in all of it, he glorifies God. Now, what you may not have known is that the book of Job is actually a... Job is actually a type of Jesus Christ. I've got a whole sermon on this, but I'm going to give you the very quick version. You know how Job begins? He's going through a trial. He's being tested. The Bible says that, that uh, uh, God says, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in all the earth? And Satan says, let me at him, and I bet you he'll curse you. And God says, go ahead, test him. Test him. And what happens is that Job is tested, chapter 1, chapter 2. He loses all these things, and then, guess what? The real test for Job begins in Job chapter 3. Because in Job chapter 3 and onward, that's where Job's three friends... You remember that story? Job's three friends begin to tell him that, hey, you must have done something wrong to bring the wrath of God upon you. 
Do you know what the Jews were trying to convince Jesus of? You must, you blasphemy, something. You must be guilty of the greatest sin because God is punishing you. Now, were they right or were they wrong? They were wrong. And uh, you know what happens at the end of the story? Job um, is, he is, uh, you know, exalted. Remember that? And then, remember the three guys that were talking against Job? God says to them, now, if you want to be accepted with me, you have to go through Job. Because <laughs> him will I hear. Not hear. Him will I hear. <laughs> you see, beloved, Job was living the experience. Okay, man. <laughs> The Holy Spirit was bringing Job through an experience in which he would be able to identify with the Lamb. Are you with me? So guess what? You know what God wants to do with you? Now let me ask a question again. How many of you would really like to learn how to sing the song of the Lamb? Can I see your hands again? I want to learn it, but I don't want to learn it in the way Job did. (laughs) Well, beloved, listen to me. Until you have an experience like Job. Until you go through. Until that time, you will just read the book of Job as a book. Hey, this is a great book. Many deep lessons, wonderful, intellectually stimulating. But until you read the book of Job with tears in your eyes, seeing your name instead of Job's name, saying this book is my book, until you have that experience, and see all the Holy Spirit is trying to ask you is, hey, do you want to learn to sing the song? I want to learn, but I don't want to... Okay, well I got to step back then. Because you don't want the experience that will bring you into fellowship with the sufferings of Christ. That's what the Spirit is trying to do. It's trying to bring us into fellowship with the sufferings of Christ. And in order to do that, beloved, we must be open and willing to say, All right, Lord, all right. Here I am, your servant. Please, teach me the song. Whatever it costs, whatever it costs, teach me the song. Are you really? Do you really want the Holy Spirit? Seriously? Seriously? So, so the book of Job is about fearing God. It's about eschewing evil. It's about perfection. It's about glorifying God in the, in the face of, of trials. The Bible says, think it not strange when these things happen to you. You're being brought into fellowship. Remember the patience of Job? You've seen the patience of Job. The Bible tells us in the book of James. Beloved, listen to me. At the end of time, God's people are going to need patience. And if you don't have the experience now, if you refuse to listen to the conductor now, Patience. The conductor's like, you ever go through an experience where you're like, Lord, why is this lasting so long? 
You know what the conductor's doing? He's going, hold that note. Hold it. You're like, no, I can't. Hold it. Hold it. Mark Finley. <laughs> and we're going, I can't hold that note. And the conductor's saying, please, allow me. Hold that note. Hold it. Lord, why am I holding this note so long? Because he's trying to teach us to sing even when things around us. Are you with me? Alright, so that's the book of Job. How about the book of Psalms? What is the book of Psalms about? The book of Psalms the book of Psalms is interestingly enough it's about deliverance from David's enemies. Like, the word enemies is mentioned like 300 times in the whole Bible. And I believe like a hundred of those are found in the book of Psalms. (laughs) You see, beloved, it's one thing to read the Psalms. And hey, these are great words. But it's another thing to go through an experience where you have people who literally want to see you fall. It's another thing to go through an experience where you have people who want to see you crash, who want to see you destroyed, who want to see... And, 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 and when you have that experience, when you realize, when you feel as helpless as David did, where it's like, Lord, if you don't do something, my enemies are going to overcome me. I'm telling you, it's one thing to read the Psalms without an experience. It's another thing to read the Psalms with tears in your eyes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody been through an experience where you are reading the Psalms and you're like, was David writing this for me? It's now beyond an intellectual thing. It's reaching your heart in a way that is just mind-blowing. And you're going, Lord, please, my enemies are surrounding me. They're trying to, to whatever, you fill in the blank. You see, beloved, the only way that we can learn to sing the song of the Lamb is if we allow the Spirit to bring us into places where we, where we go through these experiences. And most of us don't want the experience. Which means we don't really want to sing the song. You're going to have to know how to depend on God when it seems like your enemies are surrounding you and there is no way of escape. You know that David, David is the one that wrote, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you know the Bible says about David? David was a man after God's own He was a musician. Hey, you could anticipate me. He was a musician. Beloved, let me tell you something. There, there's, there's this thing about music where, where, where you can kind of just like, man, the song, it's almost like the words weren't even necessary. It was this, this thing that goes beyond the words. You just feel it. You ever feel a song? David could feel the heart of God because David was a musician. And you say, but pastor, I'm not a musician. Yes, you are. (laughs) 
you are a song. And God wants to bring you into an experience where you become a man or a woman after God's own heart. And the only way that is done is through the Spirit of God. You read the Psalms. That's why Jesus quoted from it so often because he and David were like on the same page. All right, what about Proverbs? Um, the book of Proverbs is about what? Wisdom. It's about wisdom. And, and in fact, uh, um, Proverbs actually... Uh, talks about how those who have wisdom will grow in favor with God and man. I'm paraphrasing. Will grow in favor with God and man. Do you know where that, where, where that uh, phrase very similar to that is found? To grow in favor with God and man? It's found in Luke chapter 2 verse 40 where Jesus grew in favor with God and man. <laughs> wisdom in fact, Proverbs 4 says that wisdom, as a, 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 if you exalt her, she will guide you. Isn't that interesting? John 16 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will... <clears throat> Watch this. <clears throat> Remember when Jesus was baptized? <clears throat> what happened next? The spirit what? Descended on him. And then what happened? The Spirit, what? Guided him. Now, how many of you want the Spirit to guide you? Yes, Lord, but not into the wilderness. (laughs) Yes, Lord, guide me, but not into the wilderness. Guide me to the promised land. Guide me to the garden land, but not into the wilderness. But God is telling you, beloved, if you want to be guided by the Spirit, if you want to truly have an experience like Jesus, the Spirit is going to have to guide you into the wilderness. Into a place where you will have to experience wisdom. Just as Jesus exercised wisdom, God is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into situations and circumstances where you must depend upon the wisdom of God. Wisdom cannot be so much explained, it must be experienced. That's what uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is all about. It's about the wisdom of God based upon the law of God. And by the way, the book of Proverbs 2 says that when, we, when you have wisdom, it will keep you from the strange woman. The harlot. <laughs> wisdom and experience with wisdom will keep you from the harlot, the strange woman. Anybody think in Revelation? <laughs> the harlot, beloved, here is wisdom. In fact, Daniel 12.10 says that they that have wisdom in the last days will shine. They're the ones that are going to overcome. They're the ones that are going to understand. So I want wisdom. If you want wisdom, the Spirit of God is given to us to give us wisdom. But how does it give us wisdom? By guiding us into an experience. And then one more book. Song of Solomon. 
Song of Solomon. <clears throat> what is Song of Solomon about? It's about a love story. It's a love, love story. Uh, Song of Solomon is about intellectual love. <laughs> Honey, I love you intellectually. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> the Song of Solomon is a very passionate book. It's a love story. I know, I know. Uh, love is a principle. I got it. I, I know the quote. But I ask it all the time. How many of you husbands say, Honey, I love you. <laughs> it's a principle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't take that, would you? <laughs> No, beloved, love is not only uh, 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 an intellectual thing, it must be an emotional thing. And it's quite interesting when you read the Song of Solomon, for example, in Song of Solomon chapter 3, where the bride is speaking and she, she can't find her beloved. And, and she's, she's, she's terrified because she can't find her beloved. And then what happens is when she finds him, she says, I found him and would not let him go. You ever wonder sometimes in your experience why, you know, sometimes you feel like God is not there? God, where are you? I can't find my beloved. Could it be that sometimes God will maybe hide himself so that we can experience, so we can understand what would it be like if I didn't have him? You know, it's not like we take for granted things that we have. You're in your car, you know, I'm cool in my car. Then someone breaks your window and it's wintertime and all of a sudden you realize how precious that window was <laughs> that you had never thought about before. The window, yeah, you grew windows. Yeah? In chapter 6, where she loses him again and she says, when I found him, she says, uh, uh, she's looking for him and she says, uh, if you find my beloved, tell him that I'm lovesick. You see, beloved, the people of God need to get to a place where they experience holy lovesickness. Are you lovesick for God? God is going to create experiences, that, the Holy Spirit is going to create experiences that lead you through these four, through these five books, so that you can have an experience that prepares you for the end time. Now, Are you ready for the real part of the sermon? <clears throat> you see, in Revelation 14, there are three angels' messages. The first angels' message, are you ready for this? Fear God and give glory to Him. That sounds a lot similar to Job, doesn't it? Job was about fearing God and giving glory to Him, just as the first angel's message is about fearing God and giving glory to Him. The second angel's message is about the enemies of God's people. 
just like the Psalms, happens to be about the enemies of God's people. The third angel's message is a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Just like the book of Proverbs is a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Watch this, watch this. The fourth angel's message, you know about a fourth angel? Revelation 18, that angel that descends with with, with glory that lightens the whole world. You know what Ellen White says that fourth angel's message is? Listen, listen to this. Here it is. All right. It is right here. I cannot believe that it is not here. Here it is. Cross Object Lessons, page 415. Those who wait for the bridegroom's coming are to say to the people, Behold your God. The last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world, that's the fourth angel's message. Is a revelation of his character of love. The fourth angel's message is a revelation of the character of God's love, just as the song of Solomon. Beloved, I want you to listen to this. The Holy Spirit is trying to take us through an experience because in order to pre no, in order to sing that final message, we must have had an experience in it. Do you know what happens? Do you know what happens in the time of trouble when it seems as though God has forsaken his people? Do you know that at times that is what Job felt? Do you know that that at times that is what David felt? Remember the song of Solomon, I lost my beloved? (laughs) Beloved, listen, when God finally creates that end time chorus and it's time to sing the song, if you have not had an experience beforehand, when those enemies surround you as they did David, when the four winds are let loose as they were in the story of Job, (laughs) when God seems to be nowhere to be found as in the Song of Solomon, if you have not learned how to sing the song, if you have not learned from experience what it means to love God. What it means to cling to Him even when everything around you seems to be falling apart. You're going to be cut from the choir. And mind you, the auditions are really down here on earth. 
the audition is the end of time. Once you make the audition, guess where you get to sing? You get to sing for God. (laughs) You get to sing in heaven. Do you see what the Spirit of God is trying to do? The Spirit of God, His job is to prepare you to join the choir in heaven. It is to prepare you to sing that song. And beloved, if we truly want the Spirit of God, if we truly want the Spirit of God, we have to know what we're asking for. We have to be ready to say, Lord, teach me to sing. Do you really want to learn how to sing? Let me read one last statement to you. We'll close. Then we'll have a question and answer session. And then um, we'll go into a time of prayer. Let me uh, me read this. The sinner could not be happy in God's presence. He would shrink from the companionship of holy beings. Could he be permitted to enter heaven, it would have no joy for him. The spirit of unselfish love that reigns there, every heart responding to the heart of infinite love, would touch no answering chord in his soul. His thoughts, his interests, his motives would be alien to those that actuate the sinless dwellers there. He would be You ready? He would be a discordant note in the melody of heaven. But my appeal to you today is this. Lord, teach me how to sing the song. I've always looked at the Holy Spirit as, man, when I have the Holy Spirit, I will be empowered and I can do anything and I can walk on water and all these things. But, but, but could it be that we're looking like too far ahead? Before the glory, there's the wilderness. Are you ready for the wilderness? I mean, don't think time of trouble. Don't wait for the wilderness time of trouble. God is trying to train you now. He's bringing personal wilderness experiences to you now to prepare you for the time of trouble. That's why He allows trial in your life. So if you really want the Spirit of God to lead you, be willing to say, Lord, here's my life. Do with it as you will. You are the conductor. Teach me to hold those notes. Teach me to hold those notes. Heavenly Father, we so desperately want to sing that song, and yet we fear the rehearsals. Lord, we thank you for giving us the understanding that you... You do not allow trials to come to us because you're punishing us. You allow trials to come to us so that we can learn how to sing amidst those trials. You're teaching us the song, Lord. Please, help us 
mold us, make us, bring us into harmony with the divine melody. May our hearts beat in rhythm with your hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.